0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. March Madness is here. If you find yourself out watching the game, drinking, don't drive. Take an Uber. Call a taxi. Call your friend. Call your parents. Call somebody. I don't know. Don't get behind the wheel. But if you do, and if you get pulled over, and you find yourself in trouble... There's only one name you need to keep in mind, Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza, but he doesn't just do DUI defense. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. If you find yourself needing a lawyer, use the people who support us. Marcos has been with the podcast for well over a year now. He might as well be a uh, founding member of the Ranch Gang. Marcos Garza, garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the show the controversial he's the dumbass he can't do math he's an idiot he gets his hair cut at walmart look at that shitty haircut. the realest podcast in the southeast let the dogs loose <laughs> let the goons be goons 11 in a row 11 in a row 11 in a row enough eh, eh. 38 in a row as in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass ranch gang stand up The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Special Friday edition, Reed's Ranch. Before the LSU game, Will Warren joins us remotely. I am set up in my kitchen right now, Will Warren. I got couch cushions wrapped around the microphone, so if it's echoey, it's not due to a lack of effort. How are you tonight?
1: Doing very well. I am uh, in the guest bedroom of my fiance's parents' home recording this, so very remote location.
0: Oh, okay. Shout out to them. Are they there right now?
1: Uh, I had to explain to one of them what a podcast is, but that's okay.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we'll keep it short. We'll try to just bust out 30 minutes right quick, and then we'll get out of here. What are your thoughts a week removed from the Kentucky game. We haven't talked since Kentucky beat us down. I mean,
1: it was obviously disappointing. You didn't want to see what happened happen. It was just Tennessee didn't shoot well from three. They were forced to shoot more threes than I think they wanted to, but you could kind of tell how a couple different things were going would go. Number one, initiating was going to be based on Grant Williams getting screened in the face and there not being a call. Not that that had a major impact on the game to me, but, I mean, it was obviously favored to Kentucky. And number two, Tennessee just couldn't stop P.J. Washington. And, you know, this makes three straight games for P.J. Washington against Tennessee where he's, you know, heavily outperformed his counterpart, Grant Williams. And whether Tennessee just has a P.J. Washington problem or they have a Kentucky problem this year remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, what did you make of the the way they guarded – PJ Washington because it seemed way too easy. It seemed like all they had to do was throw the ball down the right block. He does a shoulder fake and then goes to the middle and hits a jump hook. It seemed really really simple.
1: I would agree, and I was a little surprised like you were at how they didn't make him go to his left at all. Um, kind of disappointed. You know, I mentioned in the game preview that if Tennessee if Tennessee had had to double PJ Washington it probably would have been game over, but that would have been better than what we ended up seeing. I didn't think Tennessee really came in with a quality defensive game plan for Washington. Uh, And, you know, you kind of got into the zone in the second half by a panic move, a desperation move, when you were down 20. And it worked for about eight or nine possessions. But, you know, who knows if that would have worked the whole game. But it certainly was more creative than what Tennessee was trying to do.
0: Am I being an eternal optimist if I say that If it was a do-or-die game, we would have ran a different defense out against P.J. Washington. I kind of looked at it as, at, at the very least, it's the first game out of three. Hell, maybe it's going to be the first game out of four. I was okay with us not showing our cards in Lexington in a really tough game to win. I would imagine if that's the SEC tournament or a tournament game, we're doing something different than just letting P.J. Washington bust our heads.
1: Right, and I wouldn't even—I wouldn't be surprised that at the next game at TBA, if they double him from the start uh, in the post, like so many teams do with Williams, I I do think Tennessee just got unlucky at times in this game. You know, obviously PJ's shots were, for the most part, not well challenged. Uh, I mean, I can recall a couple that were, but you know, like I said, for the most part, not really. Uh, Kentucky is not a good non-rim two-point shooting team. I believe they're at thirty-five percent before the game. They made 56% of their non rim attempts uh, against Tennessee. Uh, basketball is basketball. It's unpredictable. Uh, fortunate to me, mostly, that Tennessee could not protect the their own boards.
0: How, how alarming was it that we seemed to shoot a bunch of mid range jump shots? And, you know, Kentucky has a really good two point defense, but it seems like every one of our shots were pretty contested for the most part.
1: I mean, Kentucky played really good defense. And, you know, while we're on the defensive part, I thought Vandy did too on Tuesday night, but I didn't think Tennessee, you know, I mentioned it in a tweet on the the stats account. I didn't recall Tennessee running a single cut play, which is their most efficient play type on Synergy. They didn't run one until there was five minutes left. And I farted out some, Real bad mid-range looks. A lot of Schofield two-point jumpers that I've never been a fan of. Bone was guilty of quite a few as well. It just sem- it seemed like the offense was kind of spinning its wheels for a large amount of the game. They got bailed out by free throws at times. and I think they just kind of got bailed out by Kentucky letting them back in it in the second half. Had Kentucky hammered the gas all the way down, I don't think the final margin would have only been 17.
0: So how do we feel about Tennessee coming out of the last two games against LSU and against Vanderbilt? Uh, do you still think this is a team that makes the Final Four? Are you concerned and need to see what we do tomorrow against LSU? Uh, is the offense all of a sudden struggling? What, what are your takes right now?
1: I'm not, I'm not terrifically concerned. I mean, if, if we're being honest, Kentucky was the first truly bad game Tennessee's played all year. If we're being real with it, there's quite a few teams out there that would be okay with losing to Kentucky by 17 points at Rupp. Uh, Not Tennessee, of course, but I thought they rebounded well enough against Vanderbilt. I thought it was really encouraging how much better the defensive effort was. Tennessee was chasing shooters to the perimeter. Uh, Chateau on Vanderbilt took some of the most painful-looking layup attempts I've seen in my life because of Tennessee's interior defense. Of course, Tennessee didn't have a good offensive night, but not everyone is going to be on fire from offense every single game. I wasn't that upset about that. I was much more happy that Tennessee, you know, finally, for what felt like the first time since Georgia, had a complete game defensively.
0: Okay, so you're not ready to panic just yet.
1: Oh, it's one game. Had they, I would say that had they lost that and had they lost, you know, maybe the Vanderbilt Road game or. Alabama at home or you know even if they had managed to chuck one of those leading into the Kentucky game say home Florida or home South Carolina but it's one loss this is a 24 and 2 SEC team with uh, in the last weekend of February I don't care if the conference is great if the conference sucks that's important Tennessee's 24 and 2 and 12 and 1 in the SEC
0: now what about if Tennessee now you got a little bit of static coming what the hell are you doing over there Will
1: and I've just got the microphone in front of my face. Oh,
0: God. But um, what, what about tomorrow? What if Tennessee comes out and loses to this LSU team? Does that raise the concern, or is it just, hey, you've lost against two of the three best teams in the conference, on the road, in big games?
1: I think it's a real concern if Tennessee comes out and loses by 17 again, obviously. If you go out there and you get blown out, and it's not even competitive in the second half, then we can really raise the red flags and say, hey, wait a minute. You know, what? what is this team's real realistic ceiling? That said, I, I think anything from, you know, anything from, like, a single-digit loss uh, is, like, you don't have to panic over that. Obviously, any win is great tomorrow, but... Couldn't raise the panic button or smash it until Tennessee loses to Ole Miss or loses to Mississippi state.
0: When you look at LSU, what do you see? Because reading your game preview, fantastic as always. If you're not a patron, uh, Will's previews are worth the price of admission. You need that for this stretch run and for the SEC and NCAA tournament, patreon.com slash reads ranch. Uh, shout out to all the, all the members of the Patreon uh, right now on discord but you you had a good preview. When I read the preview, I'll be honest, I became really uh, really confident in tomorrow's game. I don't think LSU is going to play with Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to win by like seven or eight points, to be honest.
1: I was surprised at how confident I became uh, while writing the preview, and thank you for the kind words. Uh, patrons who do sign up, uh, the final three games that are on weekends this year, are tomorrow's LSU game, home Kentucky, and road Auburn the three best games remaining. It's two dollars a month. It's your free advertisement if you're not paying already. But anyway, when I when I look at LSU, it seems kind of like Kentucky light to me, where they don't shoot well at all from three, well at all away from the rim. Period. Offensive rebounds. They get to the line a ton. But they block a lot of shots. But that's kind of where the similarities in Kentucky. With Kentucky, at least you had the fear of, you know, P.J. Washington has learned to shoot threes and he's shooting them. I think now at a 43% clip. And then Keldon Johnson has been above 40% the whole season. Point shooter is Naz Reed at 38%. No one else on the team is higher than
0: 33%. Yeah, the, the Naz Reed matchup, that that's what has me concerned. It, this doesn't seem like a game that Alexander is going to flourish in on the defensive end, especially.
1: Well, like I say in the preview, I think they might just stick Alexander on Bigby Williams, which admittedly is not my favorite thing in the world, but it's less damaging than forcing Alexander out to 23 feet. Uh, Bigby Williams at least doesn't shoot further out than about seven or eight. So worry about him extending past the post like you did with Chris Silver, PJ Washington, or, you know, even Reed Travis a little bit. But The read matchup is going to be tough. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to even see Tennessee maybe try and put Admiral on him for a little bit at a time just to switch things up. I I think their lesson from the from the P.J. Washington debacle of it was pretty much entirely Grant for the most part until later in the second half. And I think Admiral and Kyle got some action in there.
0: No, I mean in, in, in the first half I saw a lot of Admiral on PJ Washington. There was like three, pa- three three straight possessions where they just dumped it into him and he went to work on Admiral. Okay.
1: I for some reason I remembered it being Grant but I'll take your word on it. I you're you, I think you have probably remembering it better than I am, but
0: and and I, and I went back and rewatched it Monday and it was really fresh on my mind because Admiral looked silly down there and you're the first person who really pointed out to me last year that Admiral was our best offender. So far, it doesn't seem that way. Like, obviously, Grant Williams got the nod as a semifinalist for Defensive Player of the Year. But, man, watching Admiral get work by P.J. Washington uh, was pretty alarming for me. And, quite frankly, was a really bad thing to put on tape for the next level. Like, he needs to be able to guard in the post a lot better than that if he's going to have a chance to be a good NBA player.
1: Right. And you know it's interesting you bring up uh, Grant as the uh, awards finalist. He has been Tennessee's best defender this year, and I don't think it's really been all that close. Uh, though I would also argue uh, Jordan Bowden's become a little underrated. But that said, uh, I, I think Tennessee throws a few different looks at Nas Reed. Uh, he does take he and Tremont Waters take the most shots of anyone in LSU. Wouldn't surprise me to see. You know, maybe Admiral takes a few possessions on him when he's out on the perimeter. Grant probably will take him down low, and Kyle could switch onto him for a little bit. But I I just, it doesn't seem in my head, like you mentioned, like a good matchup for Kyle Alexander. Sticking Alexander on Bigby Williams, who, you know, maybe he draws fouls, but he also fouls a lot on his own. That seems a little bit...
0: It's problematic to me. Seems seems like something that's not going to work... D. Kenyon, 28 in the Discord, asks, um, is he wrong in thinking that they should have had someone come over and double P.J. Washington? No, I don't think you're wrong. At, I don't think you're wrong at all. And, and I do think you'll see that, maybe not in the game in Knoxville, but in the SEC championship, I think 100% you'll see that look. You, you can't let him go one on one and eat up Admiral or Alexander, and Grant's too valuable to really make him guard. P.J. Washington for a long time because you, you can't have Grant Williams get in foul trouble.
1: While we're on it, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee throw out the zone press a little more against Kentucky and even just the half-court zone period because you did notice, you know, outside of the one Washington possession where he did get it down low and go to work, Kentucky largely was taking jumpers on those zone possessions. Much preferred uh, to have Kentucky taking jumpers and have them taking it to the rim.
0: So what does LSU do well that's going to really bother Tennessee tomorrow?
1: Unfortunately, as I mentioned, the same things that Kentucky did well, which is they rebound the ball really well offensively, and they get to the line a ton. Uh, But they have flaws that Kentucky simply doesn't have. Bad defensive rebounding team. They rank 282nd nationally. They're not a good shot defense team either. They rank uh, 175th in two-point defense 194th in three point defense and in the low 200s in rim defense, which is obviously critical for Tennessee. And while they do block a lot of shots on their unblocked shots, opponents are hitting 75% of layup and dunk attempts. So,
0: yeah, that, that, that really surprised me, Will, in your preview that Florida, of all teams, went 13 of 15 against LSU at the rim.
1: Florida wrecked them at the rim. They got just
0: about anything they wanted. Like you said, Kentucky was what eleven of sixteen. That didn't surprise me. Kentucky, that 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 makes sense. Florida, thirteen of fifteen at the rim. Uh, that made me really feel confident in Tennessee's chances tomorrow.
1: That was a team that Tennessee themselves held to under fifty percent at the rim across two games.
0: Yeah, I mean thirteen out of fifteen is what like, like what like eighty seven percent, eighty eight percent. What is that?
1: 13 out of 15 is 87%. Good job. Thanks, man. Big brain on John. I will mention LSU forces a lot of turnovers. 21.6% of opponent possessions end in turnovers, which is in the SEC. Auburn is number one in the SEC at that metric. But turnover, they don't play good shot defense. They give up a lot of three-point attempts. Around nearly four out of every ten opponent shot attempts are from three. Defense, they don't rebound well. You can escape over to their aggressive guards and you know, even their aggressive forwards in the post. A lot of really good opportunities offensively, like happened when Tennessee played Florida both times. One six three points per possession on LSU counting overtime. Like, they got whatever they wanted.
0: You're uh, we're buffering a little bit. What, what was that point per possession stat you gave?
1: 1.163. And that was despite them shooting six of 20 on mid range shots, 15 offensive rebounds. They got to the line 13 times. And, you know, Florida's not really a team that gets to the line much. So I think it, it, it just seems that if Tennessee can avoid turnovers, this should be a pretty advantageous game for them.
0: Looking around the rest of the SEC, uh, Kentucky heading to Lexington. Any any chance Auburn wins that game tomorrow?
1: I mean, Auburn probably should have won it the first time. And I think...
0: Well, that was in Auburn, though.
1: I would expect Kentucky wins, not by more than single digits. I'd say they win. But I, I think we are kind of a little short. They've been really unlucky in close games. I mean, all... all road loss to Ole Miss, every loss they've had has been by eight points or fewer out of the eight. The, that kind of turns around once you get to tournament time. Those unlucky teams suddenly, you know, they weren't it, it wasn't that they were unclutch or whatever. They just had bad luck in close games. And one or two of those swing back towards Auburn's way. Hopefully not the Tennessee game, of course. But you would think that with Kentucky's point guard who, prior to the Tennessee game, struggled with turnovers and you know, against Missouri turned it over four times, Auburn could really get them on turnovers in this game and, you know, not only keep it close, but pull out the upside.
0: All right, so I I like this question every game. After everything you've seen with LSU, uh, power rank the Tennessee players who need to have good games for Tennessee to be successful. Do you understand the question, William? Yeah, well, we did this for Kentucky, right? Yeah, so I like I like I like the question. Uh, you know, with LSU and the way they play, give me uh, the level of of, of of give me the players who need the ball out in order. Who are the most important players for Tennessee on Saturday?
1: Obviously, Grant Williams is going to be number one. It's just I have four field goal attempts in any game. Period. I don't care how many times he got to the line. Four field goal attempts is a little
0: stupid. It's big. It's it's big time stupid.
1: You know, even if you say every free throw is half a field goal attempt, that's still only eight and a half field goal attempts. Not enough for the SEC player of the year. I, I would say Bone, you could probably put these guys at about inqual. Jordan Bone and Lamonte Turner are incredibly important in this game, and not because LSU's guards, Waters, and Mays are three-point shooters I've ever seen, but they're really great at getting to the rim. They're both pretty good at getting fouled. And they both force a lot of turnovers. Bowen has really struggled with turnovers the last couple games out, which is surprising to, you know, anybody who'd watched the first ten games of SEC play. Turner, you know, he's he's gotten better. He's still struggling a little bit, but he he can get lost on the perimeter at times. Get he got really lost in a couple pick and rolls against Kentucky, including the one I highlighted in the piece, The Hagens drive to the bucket at the end of the half. Get lost in the pick and roll in this game. It simply can't happen. Uh, Past that, Alexander has to be at at worst to clear number four. Funny to rank Schofield at number five, I guess, Schofield or Bowden here, but hasn't really had the best stretch of play in conference. I know you mentioned on the pod with Seth that we're no longer sure if he's even Tennessee's second best player.
0: Yeah, you know, we put up the uh, the thread on Discord, and, you know, Tom had a question about Admiral and, you know, his level of importance in this game. He, you know, he asked, is this going to be a, a, a chance for Admiral to come through with a double-double?
1: really should be, because Admiral has a fairly advantageous matchup with uh, a combination of Marlon Taylor and Javante Smart. Taylor uh, is not a good defender at all, and Smart can't really shoot uh, at from anywhere in the court, so this could be a game for him to kind of get back on track. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of I'm waiting for Admiral to deliver a 20 point game against somebody not named South Carolina.
0: Yeah, and you know it does feel like someone's gonna have to step up because I do think Alexander's gonna struggle tomorrow. Like Florida got him really lost in times on the pick and pop threes. Like he had trouble guarding outside around the perimeter. If LSU you know, goes a little bit smaller with, with Nas Reed just at the five and puts him in peculiar situations, uh, I think that he will uh, have another bad game, which means somebody's going to have to pick up the load down low at rebounding. So uh, it makes more sense to me that it's Admiral rather than anybody else off the bench.
1: You mentioned the potential small lineups with Reed. I'm kind of curious to see what they roll out because uh, when they've put Reed at center, they've put Emmett Williams, the I think he was a five-star freshman, if I recall correctly, at power forward, and Williams can't shoot threes at all. He's almost exclusively a 10-foot and end guy, occasionally out to 12 or 13. But I wouldn't be surprised if they even put Alexander on him because Williams, per minute, is the best offensive rebounder on the team.
0: What does Will Wade do offensively? Like I know that they're pretty fast-paced on defense, and you know they 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 they, they do the the VCU type of uh, press and get out and run. What exactly does Will Wade do offensively?
1: A lot of pick and roll, a lot of stuff meant to get open shooters off screens. Um, it's different from Tennessee's offense, obviously the motion, but. Because with the pick and roll, like they'll use uh, Reed to pop out on threes, which we, I mean, if you watch the Florida game, they ran that action multiple times. Waters will take shots off of the pick and roll. They'll use backdoor cuts to get the ball down to Bigby Williams.
0: Is Waters Waters and Bone, are they going to be matched up tomorrow?
1: Yes, they will be matched up. Which it, And that's going to be... That's going to be pretty interesting because I've highlighted in the past, you know, I get a little worried about bone and pick and roll defense at times.
0: Sure, especially if it's bone and Alexander.
1: <laughs> it, that can get scary
0: real quick. Yeah, I mean, you laugh, but I imagine that's lsu LSU's going to be licking their chops at tomorrow.
1: And I mean, it's a, t- it's a Tennessee defense that really, just depending on the night, has either defended the pick and roll well or not defended it well at all. And it, it, we've rarely had an in-between night bust
0: all right um game prediction do you think do you think tennessee wins i actually didn't get all the way to the end of the preview today i didn't get to page Job. four i didn't i didn't get to page four i'm <laughs> sorry I was, i've been busy
1: need you predict- feedback. i need feedback from people on if the page system works So I just think it does because it breaks up the gifs and makes it less bad to load uh, so give me feedback on that but tennessee to win 85 82 i was honestly considering this as even a more high scoring game not that i think tennessee necessarily has a bad day uh defensively but it's just that lsu's offense is really the b- best one left on tennessee's schedule
0: okay
1: it's a real like you know like i said they don't shoot particularly well but they get to the line so much and they get so many rebounds that you have to consider them as a real threat offensively, and you know, with how efficient they are at the rim, and really with how good of uh, free throw shooters they are, it's a challenge to defend them without fouling. Wouldn't be surprised if this is even higher scoring than eighty-five, eighty-two. But like I said, LSU has very real defensive problems that only seem to be fixed when they're able to force turnovers to make up for it. What I saw from Florida on uh, the game Wednesday night, I had texted Seth during it and said, you know, if Florida, if Tennessee runs a real offense Saturday, they could win by double digits. Running is not a real offense. That's some real gross stuff that's just threes upon threes. The rebounds that they won that game. If Tennessee can hammer the boards and protect their own boards for the record, they win this game.
0: All right, Will Warren, appreciate you carving out 30 minutes for me. If you can, send me that audio. I'll get the podcast up later. I'm really looking forward to the Discord channel tomorrow during the game. It should be a lot of fun. If you want access to that Discord, patreon.com slash reedsranch. You'll get the link. You can join. It's basically our own little private chat room. So far, I've really loved it. It's my new favorite thing to do. Taking a lot of my time, though.
1: I do love the Discord. I'm, gl- I'm glad we have it now.
0: Uh... I don't open up. T- I- I don't open Twitter anymore. The first thing I open up is Discord because that's, all- that's where all of our friends are talking. Not, not it's, a Twitter. Good, it's a
1: well-designed app, I would say.
0: All right. So, Will, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you coming to uh, watch the game with me by any chance?
1: Uh, Maybe. I'll let you know in the morning. I got to get new tires in the morning uh, so I don't
0: hide aeroplane. That means no. Are you coming to the uh, – since you are a loose affiliate of Fox Sports Knoxville, are you coming to my house for the uh, the station get-together at my house?
1: Yes, that's uh, for sure.
0: Oh, you are coming tomorrow? Are you? Yeah. Yeah, did I give you the address?
1: Can you can you text it to me after this podcast ends?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I didn't I uh, didn't uh, I didn't know that you were coming. All right, awesome. All right, I'm pumped. Cool. Carly coming? Yeah, she'll be with me. Ah, nice. Even better. Oh, what a day. All right, cool. All right. Well, for thanks for people
1: not getting an invite to this party, by the way.
0: Yeah, hate hate uh, hate hate it for them. All right, guys. All right, enjoy. Uh, Will, thanks for the time. Talk to you guys later. I